You are now entering the House of Dave. The House of Dave. The House of Dave. It's now time for the House of Dave. Now over to your host, Elliot Webster. Hello everyone and welcome back to the House Dave podcast. Today we've got a very special podcast relating to many things surrounding football including the FA Cup, Champions League and the World Cup. And obviously to talk about football I can't just do this alone so I brought in my good friend who we've already met before, Alex Fearon. So this episode is going to be called Football with Fearon. Good evening everyone, how are we all doing? <laughs> so a lot of things going on in football at the minute. We've got FA Cup finished and done, Champions League, which unfortunately we're going to talk about, but we are two weeks away, in fact less than, what, 10, is it 10, 10 days, days? Yeah. till the World Cup and England's road to victory for the World Cup, which is never going to happen, I don't think. It's coming home, I can just tell, I can feel it in my it's, bones. It, it's not coming home. We stand a good chance, I think, but we'll we'll get on to that later on. So first things we've got to talk about, Al, Chelsea United. FA Cup. We both watched the game. Yep. Interesting game, like kind of as it tends to go with FA Cups. Never really gets going, like the final. You see a lot of sort of, I mean recently United and Arsenal have kind of had a stranglehold on it. They've won a few between them, scored a few goals in them actually. But like every every sort of FA Cup final in, we never really score too many goals. We just get one. And as we've done a lot this season, we get one, try like sit back, soak up some pressure. And this time United actually didn't get one back. So seeing the stats there, though, I mean, pretty convincing that United just dominated us in the second half. We probably had measure of a play in the first half, but yeah, possession-wise, like we just sat back and they were all over us second half. See, I watched it and I thought it was a particularly boring game. Like, obviously, it's different for you being a Chelsea fan, so but. Just the style of play for me wasn't mm. interesting. It wasn't It wasn't the sort of final you'd kind of rant and rave about and want to watch again. Definitely put it that way. Like, United playing Mourinho ball, just... Even United, like, they didn't start Lukaku, did they? They started, was it Martial, Rashford and, was it Lingard? Which I don't understand because Martial, for me, is a great player. And you can see me there wincing saying that because he's a United player, but... I don't understand why they didn't start more in the season. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting one. Like there was mid-season, I'd say Lukaku went through a bit similar to Morata, actually a bit of a dry spell. But Lukaku kind of came out of his and ended up scoring some very like crucial goals for United towards the end of the season. But I mean, I don't know how many times I've heard this expression, but you know, form is temporary, class is permanent. It's like, well, you've got a team filled with world-class players. It's like, well, if the form of one starts dropping, why are you still starting him? Exactly. So, but as you can see here, obviously the people listening can't see. So you've got six shots to Chelsea to United's 18. So it just goes to show that, you know, the keepers were on form that day, both De Gea and Courtois. I think it's safe to say. Yeah, two um, of the best but, keepers. But actually, to be honest, no, because then you look at the next one, shots on target, three versus five. Mm. I mean... That's for a top flight team, for both top flight teams, three shots on target. There was a lot of there was a lot of play in the game, like between the middle third and like the opposition's third, mainly like Chelsea's third, because United were pressing us a lot. But yeah, it like 
shot-wise, even kind of chances-wise, there was nothing really that clear-cut during the game. It was an interesting one. Like, mm. United came close a little bit towards the end, but mm. nothing really too threatening, as you can see. Like, yeah, pretty low. I mean, it, for me, it wasn't the same sort of feel as most finals are. Like, it didn't feel like a final. Mm. It felt more just like a premiership game. Yeah, I'd agree with that 100%. Anyway, so some points from the game so Hazard's penalty so mm. we had Phil Jones had his tackle penalty definite pen but what I don't understand is the referee in he said was it a yellow card for Jones yeah yellow card but I'm pretty sure the rule states that if he's the last defender mm. and it's a goal scoring opportunity and he fouls that's a straight red I think the ref I forget who the ref was, but he probably just wanted to kind of keep the game going because it was only, what, like 20th minute? 22nd. 22nd minute, which the penalty came in. So still fairly early on in the game, I guess you could say. Mm. But, uh, I mean, as a challenge goes, it wasn't really much of a challenge, was he? Sort of kind of mm. fellow, classic Phil Jones, sort of half challenge, half fell over into him. Mm. And Hazard was always going to go down, clear contact, penalty. And, uh, yeah, I think yellow card, to be honest, was the right decision just because mm. there wasn't any... Not malice, but there was not really any intent to hit. I Hazard mean, all, if he just... if he didn't make the tackle, Hazard may have scored. So it's one of them. Mm. But looking as well at Chelsea's season, missing out on top four. Yeah. Players or the manager to blame, or mixture. I'd say both. Didn't help that. So when Morata was on form, scoring, we were easily second, like behind City, second, third best team. Went off for Boyle, uh, all the kind of messages, Conte not happy with the board, not getting the players he wanted in the summer. But then he seemed to just, a lot of people would just say he didn't want the job. I still thought he was like trying to manage us as best he could, but you could tell there was obvious frustration that he wasn't getting everything he I mean, you look at, he said, didn't he, to, was it in a press conference where he was talking about how, I think it was the game before, City game, yeah. and he was just like, "We're going to City, and we're probably going to lose." Yeah, like, he well, said. What kind of message does that give? To His words. One, the players, and two, the fans. Mm. Well, like, for me, it was he was there was probably like a two month period where every every single pre game press conference it was we must be prepared to suffer, and then we played the game against City, which was probably the biggest anti football game I've ever seen. Like, not pressing, we literally let them have all the ball sat in our third in the middle third and just nothing was happening like City weren't even creating loads of chances their goal came from a Christensen mistake I think it was yeah so but I mean at the same time though it's like that has to be down to the manager and the team talk before the game I mean I best... don't know what he says to the players that just makes them sit there and do nothing the yeah. whole game like he... plus I mean you look at when Liverpool played them in the season it's like we've mm. like obviously beat them in the Champions League twice but at the same time we beat them in the Prem well that's it you gave them a go and the thing with like City that's, is that's what to... I mean like the difference in like manager mentality mm. must have been a factor it's like yes Liverpool don't necessarily have like the financial backing and the standard of players that Chelsea do but if we can go to you know to City and beat them or they come to us whatever it's like home or like home advantage out of the question it's like on the day mm. it's down to 
I think a lot of Conte, like mid-back end of the season, he was almost trying to prove a point to the mm. board. Like, you haven't given me the players I want. This is the group I have. Just sort of showing that, trying to almost spur the board on to kind of, like, putting more funds in. I mean, you can't mm. really blame Abramovich, but even still can't. But, I mean, you look at the players that Chelsea already have. I mean, Kante, he was a good signing. I've said this thousands of times. With Kante side, there is no. Well, I mean, he was good to enough lose. to get man of the match for exactly. the FA Cup yeah. game. Like he is, you you watch him and you kind of you get so used to how well he plays that he'll play such a sick game and you'll just be like, oh, it's Kante. But then if you really watch him, he's running, he run. He like everyone says it. He does not stop running. He yeah, like I think I think players. we've said in the past like he's mm. the catalyst midfielder from defense to attack. Like yeah. the ball always seems to go through him at yeah. some stage. But yeah, anyway. So do you think? Conte will still be there come September um, or even August I mean well technically for the season I don't know if you count Community Shield as the start or the end of the season probably more we'll call start. it like yeah, the start. yeah we'll call it the start interesting one like what he did in his first season with us he changed the way we played formation almost mentality brought players in that weren't trusted by other managers a lot for their careers or at least with Chelsea were finished so mm. Moses, who'd have thought Alonso, that kind of signing. Mm. We signed him and I just thought, what, he's played for Sunderland, he's played for Bowen. Like, yeah. what's he going to add to the team? And he was a revelation last season. And still, and like, he pops up with big goals as well. And the thing like, is, he's still only fairly young. Mm, yeah, he's so, still so got... He, so he can only get better. Yeah, he's got time in him left. Mm. But it's annoying because with, with Chelsea, you, I mean, hiring and firing managers has always worked. But recently, we've almost... I'd say since we won the Champions League, we've tried to settle down with managers, but it never quite works just because no. there's always a bit of a mismatch. Well, that's it. I mean, from what I can say, I'd say that Chelsea brought in managers, but it's never been a manager with the same sort of style. Mm. It's always been a manager with a different style. So I think it's like just testing the waters to see like who has like the best style that will fit the team at the time. But obviously yeah. then new managers come in they want to bring more players in and then it's like some players then become a spanner in the works some then fit mm. more nicely but I don't know I think what kind of back in the past say the noughties late noughties we always had such a dominant team and the dressing room was so strong we didn't need in a way we didn't need a manager because the team sort of picked itself mm. sort of managed themselves like they knew everyone knew what their job was but this season especially it's been a lot of players have just looked at sea. Bakayoko, shh, can I swear on that podcast? You can do whatever the fuck you want. Bro. Absolute dog shit at the start of the season. Like, you could you could kind of see what sort of player we thought he was going to be. Mm. Um, and granted, he's still only, I think he's 23, so he's still got a lot of time ahead of him. And but he still, could still, you look at, where, where was he before? Monaco. I mean, Monaco aren't exactly a bad team. And if he looks good in that team, then... Why can't he go to Chelsea and do exactly the same? Well, he was he was class for Monaco last season, but just it's taken him way too long to settle in. A lot of players also like the transfer mentality. We used to buy players to put in the first team, like world class players. Mm. Now, who do we sign in January? Drink Danny Drinkwater already mm. wants to leave. Let him go. Like, what's he played? Like six, seven games for us. Well, that's it. I've always said that about players. It's like if you don't want to play then leave there's no point being there is there like you're just like you're up in the wage like 
yeah what's it wage bill wage yeah. bills and stuff and it's like there are players that you know would come to the team and would happily play yeah like regardless of how the results were going or it's like you know you're part of one of the top flight teams mm. like the top end of the top flight like I mean he was at Leicester when they were but at the same time Leicester aren't that team anymore I think he's the sort of player that just he had a good season in him Mm. That yeah. sort of player. I agree with you to that point. Um bear with me a sec. Where are we? Yeah, so we've spoken about that. FA Cup, like congrats to Chelsea for winning that one. Um, even though it was a bit of a boring game. I think we can all admit. Yeah. But bit more of an interesting game. And I really, really don't want to talk about this one. Champions League final. Good game to watch, to be fair. I mean, that for me was more of a final. Mm. I mean, it has Everton bar a red card. Yeah, it had the whole had the whole feel to it. I mean, you look at the result, 3-1, undeserved, like in terms of Madrid winning by that scoreline or that sort of mm. kind of... I mean... I mean, if we take away the goals that went... If we take away the goals that were mistakes, mm. that's a 1-1 game. Exactly. And I think, I mean, Bale's first goal, there's no taking that away from him. Yeah. Like, even the best keeper in the world wasn't stopping that. The second one, hmm. I think a lot of keepers oh. could have, yeah. Like, it's just basics. Get mm. your body, like, get your whole body behind the ball. Yeah. And why he was trying to parry that out, I don't know. But anyway, we can see here some of the stats. I mean, you look at that, apart from the possession, I mean, first 20, 30 minutes of the first half, Liverpool had most of the ball, I'd yep. say. Looked better going forwards, but then, you know, stupid mistakes, what have you. So, Liverpool's 13 shots to Madrid's 14, mm. but we only had two on target. But they only had five, mind. And then you can see that the possession. But I think by the time the first bail goal went in I think we dropped as yeah, well we dropped a bit um, can't ignore of course Salah just yeah I mean he went off just what was it just before half time like 30 something minutes in yeah and I'm infuriated at UEFA for that because as far as I'm aware there's been no sanctions issued to Ramos mm it's blatant. Yeah. Like, he was not necessarily trying to injure him, like, as in take him out completely, but if you're falling and you've grabbed hold of someone's arm... You're taking him down with you're you. You're taking him you? down with you. And then for his entire body weight to be on his arm, and, oh, prick. Absolute prick. I've never liked Ramos. Mm. It's, it's those two Real Madrid's centre halves Pepe and Ramos both just absolute thugs mm. never liked them probably never will but yeah I mean Mane's goal if you can remember it yeah flip back across and then just dinked him with his toe yeah. yeah easy sort of I mean at that point when Liverpool scored for me that's pretty much what we were doing all mm. season yeah like your tails are up I mean Salah had gone off, but he hadn't, of your front three, he was probably the least effective. But just I mean, you know he's yeah. got something in him. He, like, was, he wasn't really 
given the opportunity no. to be in the game. Yeah, like you can tell with with Salah, like he'll go off the ball. There'll be a lot of games where the defenders will keep him in the pocket, but mm. he's always, you know, there's always going to be one thing he'll do, and it, it's yeah. especially this season, you just can't really like prepare for it or like, mm. I mean, ifs and buts, but I'm fairly certain he would have had some sort of really positive impact on the game. Could he have? I'd like to think so anyway, but yeah. you know, we'll see. Mm. Um, yeah, so we've. I think if we're going to talk about that game, we need to talk about Lars Karius. Yeah, and I mean, at the time, you can probably imagine like the infuriation from him. You know. We brought him in. We swapped, basically. He was then our first choice keeper over Mignolet. Mm. And then proved it. And then in the last game that Liverpool played that season, one mistake, fair enough, but mm. twice in a final. It, it's just unacceptable. I think another thing that sort of shows how close the final was was the fact Bale was man of the match and he came on for, what, 30 minutes? Yeah. His first touch he scores, like, mad goal. But, like, the fact that it had to be a substitute, he was only on the field for half an hour to win man, like, to get man of the match, it shows that, mm. like, there wasn't really much, like, to choose between the other players. Ronaldo had a quiet game, mm. which, like, I wasn't, especially with him, like, against Alexander-Arnold, I was expecting him to run right, but he didn't, mm. so fair play. That's a that's an encouraging kind of sign of Liverpool. I mean, th- there's the expression, isn't it? You know, you win as a team, you mm. lose as a team. But, I mean, what was it? I was speaking with Tyler the other day, well, the other week, rather, and he was saying about how none of the Liverpool players went over to, like, console carriers. Mm. But you can imagine... They want why? to deal with. You can imagine mm. why. Like they're all going through their own personal. Yeah, you want to get through your course. own. You want to get through it first. And if, I mean, let's be honest, the only cause of the loss was yes, Carius. Yes. So, I mean, I can see both sides of the arguments. Like you know, especially cap. Like as a captain, you'd expect to go over. Yeah. But, I mean, two goals in very quick succession from a substitute. One of which was easily avoidable. I mean, the ball didn't move. It didn't move. And then, obviously, the Benzema goal, it rolled it out to him. Yeah. That was that was a weird goal, because when we were watching it, I missed both of the really, really stupid goals. Um, like, I was looking up at the screen, the ball mm. goes to Carrius, okay, that's fine. I look away. Cause Thinking, I was, yeah. it's, it's fine, like, keeper's got it, Liverpool start again, and then... I looked back and the ball was trickling towards guards. Literally, like, what is? <laughs> how has this happened? Mm. Like, but yeah. But Just... I mean, few changes to both teams. There's speculation of Bale on a transfer. Mm-hmm. Speculation of Ronaldo on a transfer. Yep. Liverpool are well. We've signed Fabinho. Mm-hmm. And Zidane has left. Which I really don't understand. I'd say that's his ego. Yeah, I'd that, agree. That's nothing more than Dan's ego. It's like, right, I've done it with Madrid now. Fuck off. It's not a very... It's a very young manager's sort of thing to do. Like, yeah. he's he hasn't even created the best team in Spain. He's just created no. a team that is, like, imperious it in just the Champions works. League. Yeah, like, they know, they know how to get in the big games and kind of sort themselves mm. out in them. But, like... 
what was he? He was only there for like three seasons, was it? Three, four seasons. Yeah. yeah. And he's... But in won. those seasons, he's won the Champions League, what, three times? Yeah. Like, but I mean, the team that he went to was a very good team to begin with. Like, there wasn't much that needed to be changed. Yeah. I'd say one to watch for Madrid if Bale and Ronaldo both leave will be Asensio. Yes. He's been on top form for both club and country in the under-21s. Mm. And that's just it. He's not even 21. No, that's it. So, I mean, there's rumours already of, you know, other teams coming in from from what I've heard through the grapevine. But I think Liverpool need to splash out a bit in the Champions League. Not the Champions League. In the window for the Champions League. Because mm. we just haven't got the squad depth. I mean... Yeah. You if, could we, if we had another Salah on the bench that we could have brought on, might have been different. Mm. I mean, it shows like when other when other English sides. I mean, even when Chelsea won it, we still had a, a squad to rotate with. Yes, mm. we had our best sort of eleven. We had our Champions League players, said Drogba's, Lampard's, and then we had say Torres playing in the Prem. But like Liverpool, it is it until Oxley Chamberlain got injured. It was the same eleven, game in, game out, and in a way, it. You're lucky that it didn't come back to bite you in terms of like just squad fatigue because getting to the back end of the season it was looking quite shaky for top yeah. four for like for Liverpool and Spurs as well. But. Yeah, I agree with that. But um, yeah, that's a good point. If we had Oxley Chamberlain, it's like, I mean, he took the injury literally in the like the game before. Yeah, it's also ruled him out for the World Cup. Yeah, which is, I'd say it's a big blow. Yes, because I mean we did watch the England Nigeria game the other day, and it it wasn't great. Mm. It was good, but at the, at this point now, like ten days away, I'd like to see that the team is like working well together. But there's still areas that I think are issues. I think the I think the Nigeria friendly was a case of we did enough to win. And once mm. we kind of knew what level we had to play to win, we just took a foot off the gas. And mm. then, obviously, Nigeria score. They didn't get back into the game. They never really showed any signs of getting back into the game. But it was just a bit of a nothing, bit of a nothing friendly. No one fired on all cylinders. No. I mean, there's the squad. So, but I mean, if we talk about the squad that played against Nigeria, there's mm-hmm. one person I want to pick out. Pickford. I just think he's an absolute cunt. You know, it's a friendly. Yeah. Like, when Nigeria scored, it's a friendly. Mm. Like, just give them the ball. Yeah, that was that was just stupid. Like, we were just watch watching it. that and just thinking, what are you like, doing? you'll represent not... Like, if it was forever, it would be like, you're still a cunt. Yeah. But you're representing the country. Mm. And it's not just football. It's like, that's like another thing that English people get a thing for now it's just like oh like yeah why has he been a pro as soon, as soon as something happens it's like oh spit the dummy out and then start like throwing my toys out the pram and all that mm. I don't agree with it at all but one thing as well which I do agree with is what Southgate said where it's like the team that played against Nigeria won't necessarily be the team that starts against Tunisia yeah so just looking for the team we've got Butlin, Pifford and Pope in goal Alexander Arnold, Gary Cale, he had a good game. Phil Jones, Harry. See, I like this about Southgate. 
you know, he's not just going for like the top six teams. I yeah. mean, you know, where's Maguire? Burnley? He's, uh, no, he's at he's at Leicester. Leicester, that's the one. But you know, like if he's had a good season, put him in the team. Exactly. But I was saying this to you, wasn't I? When watching the England game, I was like, just once, I'd love to see like a top class Championship player mm. make the World Cup team. Yeah. Because. I mean, you look at the seasons that like Wolves have had and Fulham, mm. and that's like there's got to be some English players in there, which could easily replace. On their day, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, because there's a lot of, a lot of the players. You look at the squad. I mean, I'm happy with the squad itself, um, but then again, there's a lot of players which just won't perform unless they are absolutely on point. I'd like to see. Obviously, Chelsea man. I'd like to see Loftus Cheek start just because he always—he's such a different kind of player to mm. any sort of player. He's box to box, direct, power, pace. He's big as well. Big, and he's got skill. Mm. Like he's technically really good on the ball, and it's one of those—it's one of those weird ones because we have players in the mm. England side that have those qualities, mm. but not all together. So, yeah. Ali Lingard, bit of pace, a lot of trickery, skill, can mm. see a pass. Henderson. Engine, Delph likewise, they run all over the pitch. I mean, talking about the squad as a whole as well, you were saying um, the other day about how like the average squad age has dropped massively. Yeah. I don't necessarily think that's the answer. Hmm. I think for... I know it's the World Cup, but for such a short period of time, I'd like to see like a few of the older faces. Like... I'd have James Milner in that team. I know that's probably not a popular opinion. See? But at the same time, you look at what he's done for Liverpool this season. You know, the most assists in the Champions League. And he's basically been the assist man for both Salah and Firmino. I think the only person I'd really drop from the squad if I was going to put Milner in is probably Delph. Because Mm. they are similar players. Utility players. They work hard can on their day be a great player and you can you can put them in a lot of positions but Delph we were talking about this like he's he's had a good season yeah but he's been at City for like ever since ever since Villa went down he's been at City and it's like only this season and he's only really played well this season because he's been playing out of position if that makes sense yeah. so he's like he's been called up he's started games but even still, I think he only shines out in the City team because the mm. City team is that good. Well, that's what we said, wasn't it? Yeah. You're only as good as the players around you and he's surrounded by people like Silva, yeah. uh, Gabriel Jesus, Aguero, De Sané, De Bruyne, all them. It's like, you know, not to say that Liverpool haven't got a good midfield, but it's like, as well as that, you look like Milner's had to drop into left-back sometimes this season mm. and he's done particularly well. Yeah. Um... Who else were we saying we were going to swap out? I think... I think our, like, forwards are too young. Like, there's there's obvious people that you've had in there, like Harry Kane, Jamie Vardy. Mm. But Rashford, you know, he did nothing this season. Mm. Absolutely nothing. I think... The weird thing with Rashford is he is still so young. What is he, 1920? 1920, I think. Yeah, like, maybe um, 21. So he burst onto the scene a year or two ago at United, mm. 
quite literally bursts because his main attribute is his pace. Mm. Yes, he can finish, but does he put up huge numbers goal-wise? No. No. Does he really provide loads of assists? Can other strikers play off him? No. He's been forced to play out on the wing, like, Mm. because he has pace. But he's not a winger. But he's not a winger. And thing is, with a lot of the forwards, it doesn't really matter because you're going to start Kane and you're going to start Sterling. That's non-negotiable. That's that's concrete. Well, that... Maybe in the... Welbeck, Welbeck will come on. Vardy will definitely come on. I, but... I, I can see us genuinely starting, like, not necessarily a weaker team, but not the standard 11 that you'd expect from England against, you know, some of the teams in the group stage, mm. particularly Panama. Not to say that Panama aren't going to give us a game, because they definitely will. Yeah. But I'd like to see... I mean, that could be a good game for Lotta's cheek to start. Yeah. That'd be a good game for Welbeck to get on close. I mean, you were saying as well the other day, like in terms of goals for his country, Welbeck's yeah. pretty sound yeah. on that one. He's got, I think it's 13 England goals. Um, he's one of his players, similar to Defoe, like he will bag a goal. He just pops up. Mm. Mm. What I think what we need is a proper poacher up front. Yeah. That can play off Kane. So if the ball does come back out, he's just there. Yeah. I don't know who that would be though. Mm. But then the problem is you're starting to almost pick 12 players for an 11-man team. So yeah. let's just run through, say, mm. my 11 would be... No, Jack- before you go through that, like, formation, what formation are we playing? Uh, Southgate's been doing the old, well, three at the back. Mm. And to be honest, I agree with it. Like, the players we have, it because we want to include a lot of pace in the side, but we also need to be kind of defensively stronger, so it might pay dividends to have three centre backs in. He's been putting um he's been putting Carl Walker at right centre back. Yeah. Which is and he was playing Ashley Young as yeah. well. And um Danny yeah. Rose. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have Walker there. Percy I'd go for Pickford. Then I'd put uh it'd be Cahill, John Stones and probably Harry Maguire in my back three. Mm. Or no, probably Phil Jones actually, one of the two. Um then wing backs I'd have Carl Walker on the right because he's got the pace and he's got mm. the engine just to own the flank for himself on the left left's more of a sort of contentious one I'd probably go probably go Danny Rose though, just because he's been doing it for Tottenham a lot like yeah, last and he's an actual now. left back yeah left footed goes without saying then mm. midfield also an interesting one I would really love to start Loftus-Cheek but I think it's probably better off if we stick with Henderson season mm. he's had Ali will start with Kane yeah. then Sterling on one wing I think Southgate does like Rashford so I would not be surprised mm. to see him start I'd probably prefer Loftus-Cheek or Lingard uh, as mm. opposed to him just because they offer something different and what's the point in having an out and out striker out on the wing when you could have a more creative player in the hole and behind yeah I mean for me I'd go like a standard 4-3-3 mm. So I'd start with Butland in goal because I think Nick Pope's a good keeper. I watched him play against, I think it was United on mm. Boxing Day. Yeah. Very good game. Only reason that, you know, really like United even had a sniff was because of Lingard when he came on and, you know, United scraped the draw against Burnley. Yeah. Um. Then I'd probably have Cahill and... Hmm. I'd have Kale and Trippier probably at centre backs with Danny Rose and Carl Walker at full backs. 
mainly because I just think John Stones doesn't do it for me and I haven't really seen enough of Harry Maguire to make an opinion on him. Not Phil Jones for you? Maybe not Eric Dyer dropping into centre-back? Maybe. Actually, yeah, Eric Yeah, so we'll scrap... Scrap Trippier, put Dyer back into centre-back. Then midfield, I'd probably have... It's quite a thin midfield, actually. Yeah. I'd probably have Henderson in the centre with maybe Ali on the right and Lingard on the left. And then front three, I'd have Kane in the centre, Sterling on the right, and I'd probably actually put Welbeck on yeah, the left. Yeah, because he's been, he's he been can, playing wide, hasn't he? He's been playing wide, and being right-footed, playing him on the left, he can cut in, and he mm. loves doing those little curling shots. Yeah. Like, he loves to step onto his right. I'd like to see Lalana somehow make an appearance. Maybe, actually, maybe even swap Lalana in for Fabian Delph. If only we were the England manager, eh? If only. I mean, get me on the plane. I'll I'll sort our boys out. I mean, one thing that does go in England's favour is, say, January, February, March time, no one had a clue what the England team was no. going to be. Everyone, it, all everyone the main was players, completely in the dark. Everyone was out of favour. Cahill wasn't playing at all. Danny Rose wasn't really playing. Uh, likewise, Loftus-Cheek still down struggling at... Mm. Uh, Palace, they weren't having an amazing time of it. Sterling went off the ball a little bit. I mean, mm. he was obviously going to be in the side, but and obviously you had uh, Oxley Chamberlain playing great football. He was going to be in the squad. Mm. Walcott was. I think playing I well. think that may be why mm. our midfield and that's looking a little bit like shallow, just because a lot of the players that maybe would have made the team have either been injured or just haven't been Dropped put off. in. Yeah. yeah, like I definitely see. I think if he was fit, weirdly, I don't think Welbeck would be in the team. Mm. I could see Ox put, being put in there, or maybe even drop Delph. Yeah. I think that might be Delph. Like, Delph position may have been Ox's. Yeah, potentially. Ah, well, but speaking of squads, you know, I saw today Salah has been confirmed for Egypt's squad, as has Mamel Nutia for Germany. Mm-hmm. So... It's just a shame that Ox couldn't have come back in time. Yeah. Anyway, going on to our group. So, our group's looking like that at the minute. So, we've got Belgium, Panama and Tunisia. Tunisia being the first game. Yeah. Thoughts on the group? I mean, when the group came out, me and my friend we were talking. It is, it is a dream group, to be honest, because there's two teams which we should be scraping I to mean, the wayside. You say that, but Iceland? Hmm. The, um, yeah, no. A few you know, years ago, you know what I mean? happily said it, but like Iceland, now, I'm just like I'm not sure. Thing, I I just tried to forget about the Iceland game. To be honest, I really like. Yeah. I like to think it was just such a blip, one mm. of those, one of those kind of FA Cup giant killing sort of games where it just happens. Mm. I want to. I mean, I'm I'm that. thinking the same sort of thing where it's like we should realistically be in the top two, but the question is, who. Where do we finish, first or second? Because mm. Belgium have got a very good team. Yeah. I think you'd have thought England and Belgium would win both their games, mm. setting up some sort of Mazza in the last one, like England-Belgium. So many of the players like play against each other. So we know we know how they're going to play. I mean, the thing is, Belgium have also not put a lot of players in their team. 
Mm. Like Raja Nine going on there. Yeah. Um, who else did make this? I know both the Hazards are in there. Yeah. Some there was another quite good not quite good, like really good. I don't know whether Morales did Morales make the Kevin Morales? Hmm. Is he still at Everton? Huh. Yeah. I'm not too sure actually. I think with the uh with Mertens he's been playing really well, like he's He's improved so much in oh, the last the thing, six season or two. It's the thing with Mertens. It's like, I love him as a player. I think he's a fantastic. He just needs a bit more strength about him. He's too lightweight. Mm. Like, can't really... Like, all it takes is, like... I mean, in that sense, that does us a bit of a favour. You yeah. know, especially with two stocky fullbacks like... Um, Rose. Rose and Walker. Yeah. Especially with Walker's pace. Mm. You know, we'll keep up with him. Yep. And hopefully muscle him off the ball. But. Mm. See, I don't really like Mertens just because when we last played Belgium, he broke Gary Kale's nose. But yeah, still a good mm. player. I think, interesting one, we do have we do have the kind of players to deal mm. with the Hazards, with Lukaku, with, with sort of all their tricky like wingers and they're going to be De Bruyne as well is going to be such a one to watch mm. that's going to be who's, who's going to be marking him trying to I reckon Henderson's the kind of player which is, is his job mm. in that team or say Dyer it's just going to be you need to mark him out of the game yeah. don't let him get space don't let him like start turning yeah. on the style see for me I'm not really it's not that I'm not fussed about the group stage it's like I think we're pretty safe but yeah. if you look at the teams that we could potentially come up with after the group stages, you've got Poland, Senegal, Colombia mm. and Japan. Yeah. That group could go any which yeah, way. That could do. And the thing is it depends on where we finish as well. Yeah. So if we finish second, we'll be versing the winner. And vice versa. If we finish first, we'll be yeah. versing whoever second. I'd like to say for that one that Poland and Colombia will probably be the, the top two. You'd have thought in so. which order, I don't know, mm. because both teams are very similar in the sense that they've got a few key players, and if they don't perform, then they're yeah. out. But then again, you can say the same about Senegal with Sadio Mane. Japan, I don't think have had a particularly good side in a couple of years, just with players retiring from international football. Think interestingly, I'd say Colombia have a better chance than Poland at top in the group, just because Poland, you know that they're going to be relying on Lewandowski. Poland are now the Sweden of international football. Yeah, you could everything say so. revolves around one player. Yeah, I mean, I don't know whether he still plays, but Blaszczykowski. Yeah, he was sort of like the key man to allowing Lewandowski to be scoring as yeah. many goals as he did. But then again, you know, Poland have got defenders like Piszczek and stuff like that. And yeah. uh, what's his name in goal? Szczesny. He's been doing quite well. Colombia, Colombia, though, it's like, oh, Falcao. It's like... James Rodriguez. Yeah. I'd say, but, like, we look at when Falcao came to England. It's like, you know, we had the spell at United and the spell at Chelsea and did fuck all. Yeah. Where is he now? Monaco again, or...? I couldn't tell you. See, that's it. Honest, He's just completely dropped off. Yeah. I think the weird one with James Rodriguez as well is... Oh, 
what's going on here? Yeah, he announced himself on the scene. Sorry, my mic was messed around there. <laughs> on the scene at the last World Cup, a few absolute bangers, like goals. Yeah. Colombia got far. I think it was Brazil that knocked him out in the quarters. I think so, yeah. Because um, yeah, they were the last two South American yeah, teams in that's it. And, uh, but then, was it? He went to Madrid and then he went to... He's still at Bayern, isn't he? Mm. But like, when do you... You expected him to kind of break into the... At Madrid, maybe around the be knocking on the door like Bale and mm. Ronaldo trying to kind of compete with Memphis places and then he went to Bayern and you'd think okay can he give Ribery or Robin or say Lewandowski a run mm. for their money break into the team he never he never really solidified himself at a club mm. and he's he's kind of I'd not say wasted four years but no I know what you mean it's like he could have moved somewhere else and developed his football further but instead he's had to sort of live in the shadow of the mm. world-class players that are still at Bayern. Yeah. I mean, he's had four years now. He's still early. I think he's 25. I think he was 21 at the World Cup, the previous World Cup. But even still, at that, that sort of age, he should be... I think he should have come to the Prem, to be honest. I think he's the kind of player that I'd say a United would have bought and just like mm. adored and held on to it. But... Yeah, I mean, admittedly, I couldn't see him at either Chelsea or Liverpool. No, I couldn't. Definitely not Arsenal. Mm. Not Spurs. City would have been a waste. So yeah. I think the only smart move for him would have been United. Mm. But I don't think United even were interested in him. No. So I don't understand that logic. I mean, you know, he's still only young. Yeah. Could easily move to the Prem. I mean, depends. You know how it is after a World Cup. It's like, you know, yeah. the players that you've not really heard of. heard of or seen much of over the last couple of years have a good, like, you know, have a good tournament and then they get bought. It's almost like a, a catalogue. I think I think in a way, James Rodriguez was a victim of his own success. Mm. Like he, it got to the point where maybe everyone believed he was better, not better than he was, but believed that he was ready for a top top club. I think he would have been better off. I think say I mean, he was at Monaco. Mm. I think if he went to PSG, that's definitely a step up in his career. But yeah. it's still in a league he knows, players he's played against knows yeah. how they play. He wouldn't have been out of his depth as much and he'd have had a good few years to try and kind of create a team around him or at least Yeah, I mean look man. looking at another player that's been in a similar sort of situation, Renato Sanchez. Yeah. It's like, you know, he had a pretty good tournament in the Euros, I think it was, with yeah. Portugal. And it was like, you know, Bayern Munich and then Where's he now? Swansea? Championship football. Championship football from like the best team in Germany. Mm. All because he basically moved... I think, was he at Benfica first? I think, I think, think it was Benfica. Right, yeah. Then he moved to Bayern and then got bought by Swansea. Yeah. And it's just like, that's just the perfect example of a player that's had a good good tournament. I mean, it, what Portugal as a team didn't particularly have a good tournament. Yeah. But... You know, he was one of the standout players, and then he's just been ruined by. Thing is, I want to know what his agent was thinking. What, yeah. what, like, what makes you move to on loan as well mm. to a team like Swansea? I mean, if he was going to go to the Prem, I would have thought he'd have gone to a team maybe like one of the seventh to place, eight, seventh to tenth place teams, like, and knock on the door yeah. for a a bigger club. But Swansea just doesn't really. It doesn't make really sense. add up. No. Like, Maybe an Arsenal. Yeah. Maybe Arsenal. Yeah. Or Tottenham. I can see him as sort of Tottenham yeah. Arsenal player. Sort of him and Ericsson playing in that sort of like, not necessarily holding midfield, but like 
sort of sitting back mm. and like playing the ball through. Oh well, we'll see. Anyway, so sort of looking at that though, there's the teams that didn't qualify. So at least we got this far. Yeah. <laughs> at least we can say we we qualified. I mean, these are just some of the. This is from an article from Fox Sports that we're looking at. So it's listed a couple of the teams that didn't make it. Obviously, Wales didn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 oh dear, Wales. I mean, to be fair, it wasn't even that Wales played bad. It was just in the qualifiers they got outplayed. Well, they well and truly bottled it, didn't they? Because we, yeah. we that I mean, night will live long in the memory. Uh, I mean, we were saying the other day, it was like, Wales is another one of them teams. You take away some of the key men. You know, I think it was like during the qualifiers, Bales was, yeah. Bale was out injured. Um, and then it was just like, because the whole team pretty much revolved around him. But it's, it's like... Prospect for the future for Wales though, Ben Woodburn. Yep. Seventeen came on international debut and scored an absolute belter. So, you know, I mean Wales are still a fairly young team what? in the sense mm-hmm. of like, you know, they haven't got like the Ian Rushes anymore or anything like that. It's like yes, they've got Bale, no but gigs, no. no gigsy, no rush. It's like they've had marquee players. They've had players, yeah. but it's Craig not Bellamy. been a great team no. as a whole. You've got to remember, though, they got to the semis two years ago in the Euros, and it wasn't just Bale that was playing no, well. No, yeah, Robson Carnu, unreal tournament. Mm. Like, the goal he scored against Belgium, like, the presence of mind just to turn in the box, put that in. That was quality finish. And, you know, at that point, he was a free agent. Ramsey, yeah, exactly. Ramsey playing well. Who mm. else were there? Williams had a great tournament Williams as well. had a good tournament. See, they, they do have They've got spine. the players in mm. each sort of position. Yeah. Uh, you got Wayne Hennessy in goal, you know, a very good, experienced goalie. But Williams is injured now, isn't he? He, mm. um, he was three months out, I think, then he comes back. And, Took uh, another knock, and then I think that was it, out yeah. and extended. Well, no, that was it. It was it was the international friendlies yesterday. Forget who forget who Wales played, but he uh, he punctured his lung during the game. Mm. He broke two ribs, punctured a lung, and he's in hospital. So God knows how long that kind of injury puts you out for. But yeah, looking at the list now, mm. Netherlands... Big players won't be playing. Robin looks like has he got another f- few years, two years, four years international wise in him? Mm. I don't know. Well, anyway, looking at, I mean, to be honest, I couldn't really give a shit about Wales. Yeah. Anyway, so looking at some of these teams, so some of the things that were said by um, journalists from Fox Sports, you know, the Netherlands, Italy. Ivory Coast, Chile, Cameroon and USA, none of them qualifying for the World Cup this year. You've got the South American Cup winner, Chile, you know, with players like Sanchez, Medel, Vidal, you know, Mm. they're not in it. And it's like, you know, I mean, it says here, you know, they have to share the blame. It's like, well, you can't put the entire squad's performance down to three players. Yep. Like, you know, it has to come a little bit from, you know, they finished third in the group behind... Oh, who was it? Who's in their group? Who? Chile? Yeah. Well, they have the big... They South America big, has yeah. their own big group, doesn't it? Yeah, so they have like Argentina, Brazil and all that. Yeah. So like, they ain't going to win. Ivory Coast, I can kind of understand. You know, they haven't got necessarily the big players that they used to, like yep. Drogba, Kalu, Dumbia. Both Torres. Chetiote, you know, passed away and that. Mm. It's like... 
it's a bit of a difficult one to rebuild yeah. when you lose all them players. They basically had a Premier League eleven. Yeah, pretty much. Italy, you know, that one was a shock to me. But at the same time, you know, a lot of their big players have either retired from international or retired mm. from football altogether. I think... But again, you know, they lost the second leg against Sweden. And Sweden haven't had Ibrahimovic. So that should be a positive thing for Sweden to consider. When I it think comes if you to. feel sorry for anyone, it's Buffon because yeah, think he had he yeah gave well got sent off against um Real Madrid wasn't it yeah. put out of the Champions League, not qualified so he's retired from international football. Mm. I mean fair play he's already won the World Cup so it's not like he's missing out but he yeah. hasn't won the Champions League and yeah looks like it would have been the perfect end yeah, to, to it, a career yeah. like you know could have potentially won the Champions League but you know we all saw the sort of controversial decisions that went against Juventus in both legs yeah um, and then you know World Cup it can't necessarily be down just to the keeper I mean you know the Spanish team are a very good team and for them to lose to Sweden I mean that could pretty much be put in parallel when we lost to Iceland yeah you know, a team that you should be expecting to win and then not necessarily. Big one for me was the Netherlands because if this is happening now, it's like, you know, there's the saying, isn't it? It's like they're the best team to never win the World Cup. Yeah. It's like, well, if that's the case and we're not qualifying now, like if we don't qualify, say we, because obviously, you know, I live there, but it's one of them. It's like, I've said this for a while now. It's like, you know, the good players for Holland are leaving quicker than the new good players are coming in. Yeah. I mean, you know, you've got players like Memphis Depay, um, Clive Son, he's doing quite well. But, you know, you haven't got your Van der Sars anymore, mm. your Van Bronckhorst, Van Bommels, Van der Vaart, Van Persie, Derek Cow. Yeah. Interestingly for the Netherlands, they've had probably early noughties, you could say they started some sort of mount to mount some sort of challenge on becoming like a European, yeah. proper European I mean, side. they They've got had, to the final against Spain, for God's sake. They've had like, Robin, Snyder, Van Persie. Like almost, they almost yeah. had a mini golden generation, yeah. similar to England did. Yeah, and they're all, they're all going now. So it is, it's an interesting one. Where does Dutch football go from here? Because there's no absolute marquee no. names in their national I mean, side. You know, you take away some of the, the good players that they do have. Yeah. And it may as well be one of the teams where it's like, oh, I can't actually believe they qualified. Yeah. Like, they'd be the first team probably where it's like you see them like get to the... I mean, same with Italy. It's like... Well, I was saying this the other day. It was like, yeah, about um, Gerard and Lampard being yeah. managers. It's like they're the first two players that I've watched like in my entire lifetime then become managers. Yeah. So it's like, I really hope it's not the case where it's like Italy and the Netherlands. Italy, I think, are a bit more safe, but it's like the Netherlands, I really don't want them to be like, they're the first team that I've watched them nearly win and then just not be in it at all. I think as long as as long as long Italy still have Benucci, Bozzacli and Chiellini still like mm. a top form, their, mm. their defence back three of course they all play together as well all the Italians they tend to stay yeah it's either, Juve- league, so. it's either Juventus yeah or you know you'll have 
maybe Napoli players. Yeah, like I don't, I don't worry for Italian football the same way you do for. I I, I sometimes think Italian football is like one of the most beautiful forms of football in the world because mm. it's just pass and move, very simplistic. They are the pioneers of three in the back, which yeah, looks like exactly. it is kind of infiltrating mm. football at the moment. Well, like it was, it was four two three one for a long time. Mm. Before that four three three, and now like the three yeah. at the back sort of style looks like it's prevailing. Yeah. Interesting. Well, looking at the bottom two teams, both teams, you know, have appeared pretty much since the nineteen ninety World Cup. Yeah. Cameroon and USA. USA. You know, you've got. I mean, I can't really think of many players that have come out of there and been top class, other than you know your likes are like Clint Dempsey and stuff like that, yeah. Landon Donovan. Tim Howard but you know that could be a pretty big factor in this one mm. I mean when did Tim Howard retire I couldn't tell yeah I you think know, it's 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 been a while yeah like well it's been before the qualifiers and that started I think it's been about two years yeah so I think that one sort of understand like I think a lot of pressure was on Tim Howard to keep the USA in the competitions. USA had a big Klinsman factor as well. Like when he was their manager, like you'd play them and you'd actually, you wouldn't fear their team, but their team would always turn up and they'd always actually play some good football. And it almost makes you think, but they're Americans. They can't play football. But they, like, they, they would, they would definitely, they were one of those sides which you would, you would put money on getting to the last 16 of the tournament and that's about it. Mm hmm. Especially with like a favourable draw, but now I think yeah. in a way it's sort of a rebuilding phase because yeah, yeah. Uh, Howard's gone, Landon Donovan, he's of course he's not playing anymore. Clint Dempsey, like it says here, so Pelusic obviously like. I mean, you know, you've got you've got players which you know are quite promising, but mm. not a lot of. I mean, you've got Yedlin, mm. who's you know a fairly good fullback. Yeah, you know, very quick. Very good on the ball, but defenders aren't necessarily what win your matches. Mm. Yeah, they keep you in the games, but they don't necessarily win the matches. But you know, if we look at some of the other teams as well, and some of the players that haven't necessarily made the squads, some of the decisions for players that haven't made it, yeah, sort of baffle me. Like there was the one that I saw today, and I think you pointed out as well. Sane not in the Germany squad, but Marco yeah. Royce is. Yeah, it's like. Why? Mm. You know, Marco Royce, I didn't know a sniff from him this season, really. Sané, you know, won the Premiership with ease with City. Had a good season. Yeah, and a very good season, you know, picking up goals here and there. Um, Another one as well, Mauro Cardi not making the Argentina team. Mm. Having, you know, played possibly one of the best seasons in the Italian league. Like in general, not made it. Um, happy to see Salah's still in the Eng- in the England squad, in the Egypt squad. Yeah. Um, Neuer making a recovery to play for and Captain like Carvajal Germany. should be fit. For should Spain's be squad as well. I mean, if Sa- if Salah's fit, I'd imagine Carvajal is mm. because it was less of an injury. Less li- mm. yeah, less of an injury. But I think it was just taken off just as a precaution. Yeah. Um, but you know. It'll be an interesting tournament. I think some of the groups are going to be very interesting to watch. In particular, the group consisting of Poland, Colombia, yep. 
Um, first team that comes off the top of your head, who would you say is going to go the furthest? Germany. If if there's mm. one thing that is almost a certainty in world football, I would put all my remaining money, which I have in my bank, which is, as we both know, not a lot, not a lot. on Germany reaching the semi-finals. Like, it is, it's a safe bet. Similar to Brazil going off like a house on fire and then bottling at the end. They are two safe bets. See, it's funny you mention Brazil, because not necessarily Brazil, but I can genuinely see a South American team going quite far. I don't know which one. Which of the two, really, isn't it? Well, you've got Argentina, Brazil, Uruguay. But it's only really two that really stand much. Unless there's a complete and utter blip in what should work on paper. I mean, for all we know, Argentina could have Messi get injured and then... The thing is, Messi, Messi never... What was it? Was a Confederations Cup? He missed a penalty and re- decided to retire. Then the next day, or a few hours later, comes back. It's like, well, my my views on Messi are clear. Good footballer. Don't like the guy. No. In I terms know. of a person, I'm not a massive fan. Mm. Football, I think he is, you know, world class. Yeah. I mean... For him to, I mean, if you heard this thing about, I think it's Aguero's son, or is it Messi's son? It's like, father is either Aguero or Messi. I think it's Aguero. Yes. That, yes yeah, yes, it's yes, Aguero, yes, yes, Aguero's yes. son. It's like, dad, Aguero, grandfather, Maradona, yeah. and godfather, Lionel Messi. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, football pedigree doesn't come like, much better than that, if he's, it? If he decides to become an accountant or something and not a football, it's like, oh, he needs to be shot. Yeah. Be honest. Oh well, that's bringing us near enough to the hour. Yeah. So cheers for coming and discussing football with us, Al. Anytime. Um, I think what we should do, with it being ten days out. Yeah. I think we need to end with an England song. I think I think that would be. Yeah. Just be rude, not to really, wouldn't it? Yeah. What are we feeling? Three lines. It's gotta be. Alright, so thank you everyone for listening to the House Day podcast. You've been listening to Elliot Webster and Alex Fearon talking about football for a good hour. Here is Three Lions and we wish England and the rest of the teams in the competition all the best and we're looking forward to watching three or four weeks of very, very interesting football. What do you reckon? Is it coming home? Is football finally coming home? Let's... 52 years later? I don't want to jinx it. Don't let me jinx it. But yeah, we'll... We'll end it there.
Oh, uh-huh. 